Welcome to the Freedom House Movement Podcast. Today's episode features a previously recorded message by Laurie M. on the person of the Holy Spirit. Good morning. Can y'all hear me? Okay. Um, it's really fun to be up here. Um, happy Pentecost. Thank you for seeing me and loving me for who I am. Um, I think that's the greatest desire that any of us can have, is to be seen in love for who we are. And I believe that's what the Holy Spirit's going to release today. So I'm just going to pray, and we're going to get started. Um, Father, thank you for who you are. Jesus, thank you for your kindness and your healing. Holy Spirit, we invite you here in a new way. It's my greatest honor to speak about you today that you would come and be blessed. I just ask that you would pour out your spirit in a mighty and powerful way and that we would have a full revelation of who you are in Jesus' name. So we're on the second week of a series on authentic kingdom culture. And um, I feel like there's nothing more authentic than talking about the wholeness of God, that God is a three-part God. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we are created in His image. So His desire is that we would be whole, that we would be body, soul, spirit, created in wholeness to interact with all three of the parts of God. And I just want to say boldly today that if you don't know if you're in a relationship with all three parts of God, you are not encountering the whole God. And today he comes to show himself in wholeness and to bring you into wholeness with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. At Canvas, we want to be a place that celebrates the Holy Spirit. I remember one of the first times I came, I heard John Potter say, we don't want to be a place that just tolerates, but that celebrates the Holy Spirit. So if it's okay with y'all today, we're just going to talk about the Holy Spirit, who he is, and just enter into further celebration of him. Um, I feel like the Lord's really called our churches as we've merged together to be a place that celebrates the Holy Spirit. And I think today the Holy Spirit wants to show us more of who he is so we can do that rightly. Um, We're going to look at um, Jesus' baptism and at Pentecost today. Both those two events, I feel like, show us the Holy Spirit's relationship with us as individuals and the relationship that the Holy Spirit wants to have in the body as a whole. Um, So I would just love for you today to just lay down any preconceived ideas you have about the Holy Spirit. If if he's the part of God that makes you maybe a little bit nervous, um, because he's not nervous about you at all. He's so confident in who you are, and he's so confident in his role in bringing you into the fullness of who you are. So today, I just invite you to just open up yourself for a new picture of who Holy Spirit is. Okay, so God showed me this picture of the three of them together. And he said, I really want you to make sure they understand that it's not just like the Father and Jesus, and then some churches get to experience the Holy Spirit over here. We're all together, and this is what it looks like. The Father speaks, and when the Father speaks, he creates. He is love. When he speaks, he creates love. Jesus came to fulfill and to break every curse to allow for the love. He was the payment. He was the full ransom. But then he left and said, wait for a gift so that you can experience the fulfillment of my Father. And the Holy Spirit 
is how we experience. The Holy Spirit is the channel in which we experience the love of the Father, the full payment, and the finished work of Jesus. It has to all work together because that's how we were created to be, is whole, and to be operating with a whole God, a three-part God. So the Father speaks, Jesus pays for, and the Holy Spirit enables. And we're going to see how all three of those work together today. In Ephesians 1.13, um, okay, I'm going to be reading today mostly from the Passion Translation. If you don't have it, I really recommend you get that. Um, so it'll be up here, but if you have another version or your smartphone, you're welcome to read along. In Ephesians 1.13, it says, Now the Holy Spirit has stamped and steel, sealed every one of us, guaranteeing the rights of our covenant. He is given to us like an engagement ring is given to the bride. Is anybody else here the bride of Christ? Um, as the first installment of what's coming. He is our hope promise of a future inheritance for all who've been made alive in Christ. This hope promise seals us until we have all of redemption's promises and experience complete freedom for all the supreme glory and honor of God. So what God's saying there is I have all of it for you and Jesus has paid for all of it. It is finished in the person of who Jesus is. But I am sending you the Holy Spirit so that you can walk into wholeness. So that as Jesus leaves and the Holy Spirit comes to be with us, we are enabled to walk in the wholeness that God provided for us. This is what Jesus says about him. So Jesus, when he appears to his disciples after the resurrection, says that he breathes on them and tells them to receive the Holy Spirit. That is when they receive the spirit of resurrection, the spirit of who Jesus is himself. And this brings life to them. It shows that they're new creation, and he breathes resurrection. That happens to all of us as we become born again, when we become that new, new creation self as we accept Jesus as our Savior. But what Jesus says to them is, wait. So Jesus has died he has reappeared to them. He has breathed the Holy Spirit life into them. And then he says, wait. Luke 24, 49, he says, I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you. So stay here in the city until the mighty power of heaven falls upon you and wraps around you. The fulfillment of the Father's promise is in the Holy Spirit. John 14, 16 through 17 Jesus says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you like a friend, just like me, and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you will know him intimately because he will make his home in you and he will live inside you. So Jesus, who came to be Emmanuel, who came to invite, like invade this world of darkness with his light, he knew our need, that we needed God with us. He was Emmanuel. He was God with us. But he knew that God had a way and a fulfillment of the Father's promise that was the Holy Spirit. Now, in this passage, Savior is the Greek word that's translated as defense attorney or one called to stand next to you, counselor, comforter, advocate, encourager. This shows us that Jesus is saying, this is my same spirit. 
when he calls him another savior here, he's not saying someone separate from me, he's saying someone a part of me, but an extension of my heart that came to be with you and never leave you. I came as a man, I came as Emmanuel to be with you, to teach you, but now I call you to go from disciples to apostles and to be men empowered by the Holy Spirit just as Jesus was a man empowered by the Holy Spirit. We have received the greatest gift of all time and the gift of righteousness and the gift of grace. And the Holy Spirit is the one who enables us to receive this gift. I know for me, when I, when I heard the truth of grace and when I heard the truth of the finished work, when I heard the truth of the Father's love, these are hard things to kind of grasp, but you have this supernatural ability to say, yeah, I received that. Well, that's the Holy Spirit that comes to enable that. In Romans 3, 21, God talks about his declaration of acquittal. His gift of love and favor now cascades over us. Jesus has completely liberated us from guilt and punishment. But in Romans 5, he points to the Holy Spirit here and he says, This hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives within us. I just wanted to spend a minute on those scriptures so that you see how important the Holy Spirit is as spoken by the Father and spoken by Jesus to see how they work together. I really feel like what the Holy Spirit wants to do today is give us a better understanding of who he is and what his heart is. Because I feel like sometimes the church has encountered gifts of the Spirit and manifestations of the Spirit without understanding the heart and the intention of the Holy Spirit. And today he said, I am bracing you for a huge outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a true Pentecost-style outpouring. But what I want first is for you to be established in this infrastructure of love to understand that I am the fulfillment of the Father, that I am the fulfillment of the ransom paid for you, that I am love together all in one so that you can receive me and so that you then can be the fulfillment of the Father. Um, so we're going to look at the baptism of Jesus in Luke 3, 21 through 22. One day Jesus came to be baptized along with all the others. As he was consumed with the spirit of prayer, the heavenly realm ripped open above him and the Holy Spirit descended from heaven in the visible, tangible form of a dove and landed on him. Then God's audible voice was heard saying, my son, you are my beloved one. Through you, I am fulfilled. I'm going to read one more version in Mark 1. Thanks, Mike, for jumping around so much. Appreciate it. Oh, it's you. Thank you. Um, Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Okay, Mark uses a really interesting verbiage here. And I really felt like the Holy Spirit said, I want you to look at this more. I want you to look at this more. And I looked it up. And the word here, when it says the heaven being torn open, this is the same word that it says when it says the veil was torn, irreparable from top to bottom. When Jesus died and the veil was torn and we were given complete access into the Father, into the Holy of Holies, into the mercy seat, it was an irreparable tear, never to go backwards. So this is the same word. So I'm gonna read it like this. 
He saw heaven being irreparably open so that it would never be the same and we would have new access to the heavenlies through the Holy Spirit. So it's not like the heavens just, I always just kind of pictured it like this little portal open and this dove came in and the father just said, no, that doesn't really sound like me, does it? Um, it tore wide open. And there are no scriptures that say that it has ever closed. The Holy Spirit came and landed on Jesus in the form of a dove. And that's just such a beautiful picture why God would choose a dove. And John mentioned this just about what it would be like to carry the presence of a dove. dove are, doves are very skittish animals. And that if you were to walk with a dove on your shoulder, that you would always walk with your mind on the presence of the dove. And Jesus modeled for us what it was like to walk with the full presence of the Holy Spirit. So we were given open heaven access at that point. The Holy Spirit came to invade earth, to be the fulfillment of the Father, and to empower Jesus to do everything he needed to do in his ministry. You know, I think sometimes even I just want to pray for open heavens, and we just need to begin to say thank you for open heavens. And we need to begin to see that the heavens have been irreparably torn for us so that we would have access to all that heaven carries so that we could, like Jesus, be men empowered by God, walking and healing people and showing people the love of the Father so that they won't be confused about who they are or who He is, but we would be mindful of the Spirit of the living God that wants to rest upon us, that wants to come and land on us, I just, oh man, it just kind of messes me up a little bit. Um, I love that the Holy Spirit comes and shows up at the spoken word of the Father, that the, water, the Father speaks identity, that he says, you are my beloved son, and the dove comes and he rests. You'll see all through scripture. I just feel like the Lord is unlocking your minds today to see the Holy Spirit, to see that he lands on resurrection and he lands on identity and he rests in that place. He rests in the spirit of the living God living inside of you. He's not this voice on your shoulder telling you who you're not. He's the voice on your shoulder telling you who you are. This is... Sometimes the Holy Spirit will do this, like right before you speak, tells you you're going to change it up a little. So he kind of changed the agenda a little bit here. And he said today that I'm going to come in my nurturing power to sever the orphan spirit once and for all in this place. And I'm going to tell you what it looks like in scripture. And then I'm just going to release that. We will continue, but I'm just going to pause for a minute and sit on that if that's okay. Um, so the Holy Spirit lands as a dove. When the Father says, this is my Son, the Holy Spirit's ministry was to enable what the Father spoke and what Jesus paid for. But what the Holy Spirit does in this passage is He gives us a language of response so that we can believe that to be true about ourselves and that we can believe that to be true about one another. We are invited into the exact same baptism that Jesus modeled for us. How many of y'all know Jesus didn't like have to be baptized? It wasn't like he needed to repent of any sin. 
or to make any kind of public declaration of his faith. He did it to show us what it looked like to be a son of God empowered by the Holy Spirit. And he invites us to do the same. Now in Romans 8, 15 through 16, he's talking about the Holy Spirit that we received. It says, you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into fear of never being good enough. You know, would y'all just open your hands and just receive this today? You have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never fear or feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our inmost being, you are God's beloved child. The Holy Spirit comes today to give us a language of response and to receive that you are God's beloved child. You are God's beloved child. That as you come up out of that water and the Holy Spirit rests upon you, he rests upon you, he lands on identity and resurrection for you to have this power of the Holy Spirit come up inside you and respond to the Father and say, yes, Abba, Father, I am your beloved. I want to do something just a little bit different because we're sozo people and we do different things. I just want everybody to just close your eyes. And I just declare over each of you that you are invited into the same baptism. So by faith right now, I want you to just see yourself standing in the Jordan River with John the Baptist and with Jesus in the fullness of the Father's love, you are baptized today. And I want you to see yourself coming up out of that water. I release the power of the Holy Spirit to land on each of you right now. And in the name of Jesus, I speak your identity over you. That you would hear the Father's voice saying to you, you are my child. In you, I am pleased. And I just sever and break the root right now of any orphan spirit. Just say you can no longer operate here. You will no longer define identity in Jesus' name that the Father has come to reconcile children back into himself in the fullness of who he is. So I speak fullness right now in Jesus' name. And I say every daughter and every son come into identity that you have been made new out of the water and you have received the Holy Spirit today. Amen. Um, So the baptism... And this beautiful picture of identity and what we're invited in shows us what it looks like to have that personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. But we're also going to look at Pentecost and the story of Pentecost to see what it looks like to have this corporate relationship with the Holy Spirit and to see what Holy Spirit outpouring looks like in a body of authentic kingdom believers. Because that is who we are. We all are authentic kingdom believers. We are sons and daughters of a king. That makes you part of the kingdom. Um, All right. So the Holy Spirit's agenda is always love. The Holy Spirit's agenda is always love. 
His agenda is to see the joy that was set before Jesus that allowed Jesus to endure the cross. I believe that joy was the joy of the Holy Spirit, was the joy of the Lord that would rest upon you and the joy of Jesus knowing that we would experience that voice inside us that allows us to respond to the Father and believe that we are who he says we are and that allows us to respond to one another and say, you are who he says you are. It's so powerful for us to see ourselves and to see one another as the Holy Spirit, as the Father, as Jesus sees us. The Holy Spirit's agenda is for identity to be realized and released through one another in the body of Christ, that sons and daughters would come into his kingdom. So today, I just want us to just look carefully at his heart and to realign ourselves with his heart and what his agenda is so that we can better understand the way the gifts work in the body. Now, the Holy Spirit will teach you and he will disciple you. But because he is a fulfiller of the Father's love, he will not punish you. He will not condemn you. He will not bring shame upon you to teach you something. He cannot undo what the Father spoke And he cannot undo what Jesus has paid for. It's outside of his character and his nature. And it's quite frankly impossible for him. And if you have experienced the Holy Spirit in a way that has brought condemnation and someone said that's teaching, then I repent on behalf of the church. That is not his heart. If you've experienced a Holy Spirit manifestation or gifting, that has made you feel ashamed or has made you feel like less than another believer, then I repent on the behalf of the church. That is not his intention for you. I just want us today to just fully look and survey the person of the Holy Spirit and just see what it looks like to be equipped and to be right in the middle of an outpouring. And what that looks like is being radically loved. So the work of Jesus was complete and finished on the cross, and the Holy Spirit enables us to walk out that wholeness. I just want to dispel this one little myth, and if you haven't heard this wrongly, then that's okay. Y'all can just tolerate that I heard it wrongly my whole life. So it's these two words that I learned wrongly, and I would love to correct for anyone else who learned them wrongly, of justification and sanctification. Justification is just as if you never sinned. Taking Jesus on as your savior, taking his righteousness as a gift, completely because of Jesus, because of nothing that I've done, I get to be blameless and I get to be brought before the Father, justified and in full justification. So in Romans 8, 27, it says that the Holy, Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. So they're calling us his holy ones, okay? Now, sanctification means to be made holy. So this is how I understood it growing up, was that I was justified, I was saved, but as soon as I sinned, I got over here and I started going through the process of sanctification to get back over here. That I was separated from God because all of a sudden, I had to be made holy, even though God already called me holy. But what I would like to just say today 
is that sanctification, being made holy, is relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's not justification, then trying to get back to that point. It happens in the same place. Happens in the same spirit. It is the spirit of Jesus. It is the spirit of the Father. It is resurrection. It is new creation life. And sanctification happens in the same place. Because if we start believing that we're justified and then this happens and then we forget who we are and then we fall into this, there's this whole distance. And God said, no, I've already torn open the heavens and I've torn the veil so that you could be with me. I sent Emmanuel, and then I sent something even greater in sending the Holy Spirit to be inside you. There is no separation. You are in the Holy of Holies in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit has this beautiful spirit of reconciliation to walk us through that. It's not here to here, it's glory to glory. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's right standing which means righteousness, which was the gift given to us from the Father, through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. So sanctification is this relationship with the Holy Spirit that we would, like the disciples, have our minds unlocked to see ourselves as God sees us and to see our need to be empowered to walk out, to run after being more like Jesus. Being more like Jesus is being a man, empowered, or a woman. I'm saying, if you hear me say man, all the same to me. Um, not in a politically weird way. But. <laughs> it's a tricky thing to say right now. I just mean sons and daughters, okay. Um, <laughs> righteousness is given to us as a gift. In Ephesians 2.6, it says, He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now joined as one with Christ. But we're on this earth. So what this looks like is that in our natural realm lives, we get to be empowered by God, purified by the fire of the Holy Spirit, with our reality actually being that we are whole, perfected, and seated in the heavenly places. That's a huge thing to wrap your mind around. But that's why Jesus spoke to the disciples. I pray that your, eye, your minds would be unlocked so that you could have a supernatural understanding of identity and the power and authority that is in you when I breathe on you and when you receive the Holy Spirit. So we get to walk through all of this. We get to be in wholeness and in that glory all while being the son and the daughter of God in whom he is well pleased. It's all in the place of relationship. So a couple weeks ago, I really got a personal revelation of what this looked like. And just in being vulnerable, I would love to share it with y'all. So some of you know, if you've come to any Sozo Nights, you've heard me talk about our adoption. We've just been in a really trying season in our life of... Um, just really believing for the miracle of our baby to be released to us. And it hasn't happened yet. And we have had opportunity after opportunity to just choose the hope. But a couple weeks ago, I just got to a point where I just really needed some hope from the living hope, you know, from the source. But I was so incredibly discouraged. And John had talked to me about speaking and 
I kind of was just like, I just don't know how that's going to work. And the Holy Spirit said, do you want me to show you? And so I said, okay. So I saw myself like in this like medical looking chair and I was receiving an infusion and the Holy Spirit was there and and I was like third person. I said, what is happening to her? And he said, she's receiving a hope infusion. And I said, okay. And he was like, she's going to be done in just a minute. And so I said, okay. And then I looked over here and there's this, all these angels and there's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they're talking in this like really, really fast, excited tone. I said, what are they talking about? And he said, they're talking about her. And they're talking about that she is a carrier of hope and that when she stands up, that people are released and that chains fall off and that prison doors slam open and are never shut again. And I was like, are you concerned that she's having to receive an infusion right now? And he said, no. That's who I am. That I and this minister of reconciliation, she is a finished work, But the Father can speak destiny over a finished work at the exact same time the Holy Spirit can minister the work of Jesus. It happens at the exact same time because you are the beloved child. And what the Holy Spirit was saying is it's the same thing for a businessman who wants to step out in boldness And he has a confidence issue. He can be infused with confidence at the exact same time the father can say, now stand up, son. You can do this. I've given you everything you need. I am the provider. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I will provide for you. Same time. The same spirit that allows a mother who is so extremely discouraged and impatient to be infused with patience while her children rise up and call her blessed. It happens at the same time, glory to glory, that the Holy Spirit's ministry of reconciliation can give you everything you need and everything that Jesus paid for while the Father speaks identity over you and is fully pleased with you. He's not waiting for the transfusion to finish. He's not concerned over my need while confused about my destiny. He's speaking my destiny while making sure my need is fulfilled. When you see how that wholeness works, it's just going to free you up because you're not going to try to figure out the shortcomings. You have so much freedom to receive while being empowered and to receive while being a finished work. Your minds are going to be unlocked today in Jesus' name. So this ministry of the Holy Spirit is that I can be infused with hope while at the exact same time a man who I admire so much can see in me what the Father sees and say, you're called to preach. That's not going to add up in my mind, but because of the Holy Spirit, that voice rises up within me and I say, yes, and I have a response to what the Father has spoken. And then the Holy Spirit enables me to walk out that wholeness and gives me the grace to say, yeah, I need an infusion. But I need an infusion to be who you already say that I am. There's no lack. It's just coming into who he says that you already are. So now we're going to look at Pentecost, which is really fun. Um, 
And that's going to show us what the Holy Spirit looks like working with the body. So I hope today that you've seen how individually the Holy Spirit wants to pour out and reconcile you back to who you are, who the Father says you are, and walk out that wholeness. Um, I realize it's 12. I promise I'm going to speed it up. Or not. Um, Okay. I will release y'all in like 10 minutes to get kids. So if anybody's getting antsy, you're free to go get kids, but you have a little bit of time. Okay, so Acts 1, 1 through 13. One day, or on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sounds of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering it was all anyone could hear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit, and they were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak languages they had never heard. Then it goes on to say where all the different people had come from. It says, because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. They said to each other, aren't these all Galileans? So how is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages? It goes on to say where all they were from. Central Turkey, Southern Turkey, Black Sea, Asia southern Turkey, Egypt, all these different places, even from parts of Italy, and it says Jews and converts to Judaism, just every nation that you could possibly picture right there together, all of a sudden hearing, says they hear God's mighty wonders in our own dialects, and they stood there dumbfounded, and they said, what is this phenomenon? But others poked at them and said, they're just drunk on new wine. Now, I've read Pentecost so many times, but the Father showed me something new in this, and really of his heart for unity. What he did here is that he broke the curse of Babel. If you look back, it's in Genesis 11. I don't have that. I'm just going to mention it. The curse of Babel and the purpose of that is that God's heart was always that we would have heavenly access When they were building the Tower of Babel, what they were trying to do is that they were trying to empower each other and get to God, okay? That was always the Father's heart. He said, he says so many times, I want you to be in community. I want you to have heavenly encounters. That's why he tore open the heavens. That's why he tore the veil so that we would have full access. But until Jesus did that, if they had been able to build that tower, then we would forever have to replicate that. And we would enter into a cycle of performance and earning the Father's love. We would have to repeat it over and over and over again. The earth would shake, we'd have to rebuild it. We'd move a different place, we'd have to build a new tower. The Father did the curse of Babel so that we could wait on the fulfillment of Him to have Jesus and the Holy Spirit bring perfect unity So in Babel, none of them could understand each other. All of a sudden, instead of being able to work together to access God, no one understood one another. And I really believe that's when the orphan spirit was born because then it was, I have to take care of myself. I have to get my own encounter. And here's what this looks like. And here's what this looks like. So the father comes on Pentecost and completely breaks the curse of Babel. And he shows us his heart for unity. I believe that when they began to hear their native tongues that they felt known, that they felt understood, that they felt connected and empowered to change things. If I went to a place where no one spoke my language and all of a sudden I started to hear the wonders of God in my own 
language, I would feel so known and so valued and so seen, and I would feel connected to that person because God was working through that person. So that is so the heart of what God was doing at Pentecost is that we would feel connected to a God, that we would feel understood, and we would feel connected to a person, that the church would move in unity, in connection and in connection. It's not one or the other. It's both. Tongues here is the language of unity and the language of love. It restores the Father's heart for us to have access and for us to have community, all while empowering us to walk out the wholeness of what we were called to do. And I just, after I saw this, I just cried and I just said, Lord, we, we took what you did at Pentecost and we divided and made denominations and your whole heart was unity. You came to erase confusion and to erase comparison and we divided and made denominations. He calls us to be a whole church, not to be a church divided by what we're comfortable with in a move of the Holy Spirit or what we're comfortable with in a move of a person empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's just... It's just the truth that he has a heart for unity. And I believe that our church is going to be one that's going to be an authentic kingdom culture who's going to believe and be empowered by Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in unity to look at each other and love each other well and to walk in the identity empowered by the Holy Spirit. Um, Then the second thing I want to point out on this scripture is that there was one pillar of fire separated into multiple pillars of fire, multiple tongues of fire. It was individualized, that they were both filled and equipped, filled for their inward strength and equipped for ministry. The fire over each of them was for unity and in the Holy Spirit's kindness and in God's kindness, he knew that we all needed our own fire. I mean, come on, who doesn't want their own fire? I do. Um, So he gave us our own fire, empowering us as individuals while uniting us as a church. That is a loving father. That he knows our need. That he knows that we want to be empowered. That we want to hear him speak our name and our native language. That we want to be known and seen for who we are. But as his children, he wants us to operate in unity. Those individual flames are destiny and they are anointing. We each get our own flame. So I'm just going to say today in Jesus' name that competition and comparison goes. That as a church, we're going to step into our own flame and we're going to be empowered so that those things no longer hinder us from running after the Father in a new way. I just feel like the Holy Spirit is saying we're going to be done with that because they are the thieves of joy. Comparison is a thief of joy. And joy is what was set before Jesus so that he endured the cross for everything that he wants you to step into. So Pentecost shows us that believers were empowered and they had boldness in their identity, but they also had connection. All right, I'm going to read this verse on unity. Um, It's in Ephesians 3, 16 through 22. Two have now become one. And we lived restored to God, reconciled in the body of Christ. Let's skip down a little bit. And now because we are united to Christ and to each other, we both have equal and direct access in the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. 
we both have equal and direct access in the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. Equal and direct access. Men, women, young, old, the person who's stepping into prophecy, the, and Sean Bowles. <laughs> we have same access to enter into the realm of the Holy Spirit and the love of the Father. So I just declare today that we would begin to see each other like that. Because when I begin to see you as having the same access, I'm less threatened and I'm not concerned, I'm not caught up with this identity. I'm just going to step on in. And I'm going to see you have your identity realized. That that's the heart of the Father, that we would see each other as we really are and we would see ourselves as we really are in the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, it is 12.10. If you need to get your kids, I'm going to preach a little longer. You're welcome to come back or you can stay. Okay. Um, so I just want to talk really briefly about what that looks like to manifest the Holy Spirit and to operate in gifts in the body with the heart of unity and with no comparison and no competition because those are gone in Jesus' name. So um, after all this happens in Acts, Peter begins to explain. This is Acts 1, 14 through 20. Um, it says, Peter stood up with the 11 apostles. I also love that now they're apostles. They went from being disciples and now they're apostles. So I just declare that you are all apostles in the name of the Holy Spirit. Um, Listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. You need to clearly understand what's happening here. I'm going to skip down. This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God says, this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will experience dreams. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and mighty miracles on the earth below. So what gifts look like in the context of unity and in the context of the Father, the Father's love, I just had this picture, and uh, this is so cool because Jay Dillon had the same picture at a different time about just these pillars of fire. So if we each had our own individual pillars of fire, which we do because we're given the same access, direct and equal access through the realm of the Holy Spirit, so on this Pentecost Sunday, for you to have your own individualized pillar of fire over you, what does that look like in the body? Revival looks like wildfire. It looks like me being so consumed with my flame that I'm just in the intimacy with the Father and you're over here consumed in your flame and all of a sudden both these flames increase and fire just breaks out. That revival looks like this breaking out of unity and individualized destinies that come together and explode. So community looks like a bonfire, that no flames would go out, that if you're tired, you just lean towards somebody else's flame because the more they know their identity, they can look at you and say, this is who you really are. Here, I bless you with the fire of the Holy Spirit that your flame would burn brighter. It's not, sorry, just kind of got a lot going on in this flame. It's just not the heart of God. <laughs> he is the igniter. He's gonna be the source. So we can't outgive an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. 
no more, there's no more burnout in ministry when you've got your own individual pillar of fire because I can't outgive the fire of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter how many people I see if their flames are burning low and I just say fire of the Holy Spirit, fire of the Holy Spirit, fire of the Holy Spirit. I'm not gonna run out of fire. How many of you know he's gonna throw ignition all over the one who's commanding fire to fall because his heart is that I would burn even brighter that you would burn even brighter from pouring out to other people. Holy Spirit manifestation shows unity and it shows the Father's love. Now, gifts and manifestations out of that relationship have resulted in control and manipulation and fear. But fire can pretty much take care of all this. The gifts operating in the context of healthy community and authentic kingdom culture are going to produce a lot of fruit. In Galatians 5.22, it says, The fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its various expressions. When we're loved and when we're empowered inwardly and outwardly, we experience and then we release the power of the Holy Spirit in other people. There's so much that I could say about the gifts, and we'll just have to talk about that another time. Because I feel like today what the Holy Spirit wanted to do was restore our own identity and restore the way we see one another in context of His love. But I do want to say that every gift should look like the manifestation and the fulfillment of the Father. That prophecy should release identity and destiny and call you out of a dry place equipped with a river from the throne of God. That wisdom should show the power and the kindness of the Holy Spirit. That healing should show the kindness and the power of Jesus. That the gift of tongues would build us up so that we would have that response to the Father to know who we are and know who someone else is. It's the building up, it's this inward filling so that we can be the expression of God from the outside. But if you're not filled, then get next to somebody who's on fire because that's the heart of the Father. It's not to compare and it's not to say you have more or less of God. That's not true. You have the fullness of the Father. But if you're in a place in life when you need an infusion, He's given us one another to come together and to be encouraged, and to be in relationship, and to be in community, and to be authentic kingdom people who know that we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk out these days that we're called to live in, which is revival. We are right in the middle of revival. This is what the Lord told me. To sustain revival, the church needs people of Pentecost, people who have received the outpouring and equipping of the Holy Spirit to take them from being disciples dependent on a person to apostles who are sons and daughters, unified in covenant with God and empowered by the Holy Spirit. What, what happened between when, the, when they were disciples and when they were apostles is our invitation today. The disciples walked so closely with Jesus, but they were in the realm of his authority and his power and they were healing within his shadow. And he said, wait, I have something better for you. And he filled them with the Holy Spirit 
And he called them apostles. And he said, now you, like me, are men empowered by the Holy Spirit to go out and manifest these gifts that will be the fulfillment of the Father. That every desire that the Father had said in Isaiah 61, beauty from ashes, all of these things would be manifested through his children, through first Jesus and through all of us. So today, I want you to know that you are so valued for who you are. And if you don't want any more of the Holy Spirit today, then bless you. We love you. We still speak unity over you. I still speak the same identity over you. There's no comparison. You are not more or less spiritual. But today, there's an invitation. If you say, well, I've kind of felt like Sometimes I couldn't believe that that was true about me. And I don't know that I have the response to the Father to say, that is who I, that is who I am. I am your child. If that's not your response when you hear the voice of the Father, then be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And if you want gifts to be able to have the fulfillment of the Father manifested in open heavens around you, then be filled more with the Holy Spirit. There is always more. In Acts 5, 32, it says, the Holy Spirit whom God freely gives to all who believe in him. Now we all have the same access. So step in. I just want to challenge you today and I just want to stir you up to say, I want all that he has for me. I want to be the fulfillment of the Father's love. I want to help Jesus get what he paid for in my life by receiving all all of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit so that I may prophesy, so that I may lay hands on the sick and they would be healed, so that I have wisdom, that I can have a word of knowledge that someone would be healed. All of these things so that I can be the fulfillment of the Father and mostly so that I can have a response that when I hear the voice of God, when I'm in the middle of needing an infusion of hope and I hear God talking about me, I can say, yes, yes, Papa, that's who you say I am. And in Jesus' name, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to walk into being that person. So there's an invitation today. If worship team, if y'all want to come up. Sorry. Um, there's an invitation today. And I was trying to figure out all this wording of what to invite people for. And Rainer was like, you could just say, I invite you to never be the same. So <laughs> that's the official invitation today that you could come and that you would never be the same by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you have not ever received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, like on the great Pentecost story that we read, I invite you today to come receive the fire that falls from heaven that tells you who you are, that empowers you to walk out every single thing that, the God, has, that God has planned for you. It says that the Holy Spirit works in perfect unity of the Father's destiny. I want all of it for all of you. I want all of your destinies to be realized. I want full unity in this place. And I just believe that you all want that too. And I just think the first step of unity looks like us all realizing our own individual pillars of fire. We already walk by the power and filled with the power of resurrection when Jesus breathed on us and we became new creations. But there's an invitation for more today that through this intimacy that we would have open heaven access in every circumstance, every relationship, every need today. Can I just get everybody to stand?
prayer team, I'm going to get y'all to come up in just a second. But what I want to do today is to just (laughs) release the fire of Pentecost over this place. It does look like individual ministry time, but it looks like one flame of fire breaking into tongues of fire over each of us. So I just declare in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we just say thank you that heaven is torn open right now and we speak the fire of heaven to fall over this place in a new way. Holy Spirit, that you would come and that you would minister to each individual need right now, that you would bring every infusion and that, Father, you would speak and confirm every destiny I just say right now in Jesus' name, identities realized and released. Heaviness and oppression breaks. Orphan spirit, you are gone in Jesus' name. And I declare the full manifestation of the Holy Spirit right now. There's some women in here and you're just unsure about what your place is. I just call you home today and I call you into your destiny and your birthright that God made man and women and said it was good. Both direct and equal access I just call women into birthright right now. And I speak to the discouraged businessmen who just aren't sure what it looks like in this economy to be a dreamer and to also provide for your family. And I just say, God gave you your dreams and you have the heart of Joseph. I'm speaking to someone specifically in this room right now who is wanting to step out and do something different and he's so afraid of the provision. And I just hear the Father saying to you right now, I am your shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Put back on your coat of many colors and dream with me. the teenage girls who are struggling with your worth right now you are beautiful God looks at you and he is so pleased I break off the words that have been spoken over your body images right now and I take them back in the name of Jesus you are full you are full of beauty bless your bodies I bless your bodies to be healthy and to be whole in Jesus name that you would walk out of darkness of eating restrictions today in Jesus name that it is broken over you that you are worthy of feasting you are worthy of feasting and believing what God says about you I speak the Holy Spirit over that young woman right now and I just speak over that young woman that the fire of heaven would fall on her, that she would see herself and the voice would rise up within her and she would say, I am beautiful in Jesus' name.
speak an infusion of hope, an infusion of identity, an infusion of joy. Let's see joy falling today.